Hey there, lovely souls. I'm your host, Allison Toth, and I want to give you a warm welcome to Wishing You Wellness, the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. When it comes to rock bottom, I've been there more than once, and I know what it's like to wake up daily to mental health struggles. On this podcast, I share insight and stories to help motivate and inspire you and to help you feel less alone in this. In Wishing You Wellness, we talk inner child healing, mindset shifts, radical self-love, the art of intentional living, and so much more. Think of me as your mental wellness bestie. If you're ready to step into your power and change your life, just hit play. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another week of Wishing You Wellness. It is so, so good to see you. I have noticed on Instagram that we have some new listeners, and that's super exciting. I've been getting some messages. People are just now finding the podcast, and they're excited to like go back through old episodes. And so with that said, I want to bring back an old tradition that we used to have on the show. Um, for a while, I was doing Listener of the Week, and then I kind of fell off. I would just get like distracted welcoming you guys back and excited about other shit. And so I'm doing this again, and the Listener of the Week this week is Katie. So Katie, hello, hi, love you, thank for your support, and you are our Listener of the Week. If you guys would like a shout-out as Listener of the Week for the Wishing You Wellness podcast, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know what resonated with you from this episode. That's all you got to do. Super easy breezy. Now, you guys, I have an exciting announcement to make. I was going to do it at the end of the episode, but I'm feeling really inspired to do it right at the beginning. And also the person I'm interviewing asked me a question about it. So I'm like, all right, that's a sign. Let's dive right in. So two days ago, yesterday, a day and a half ago, I launched my first ever mentorship program and it's called Revive. It is a four week mental health mindset course where we are going to dive so deep into mental health and its importance in our life and why we need to take such good care of it and how we do that. And so the first week we're going to do like personal assessments on ourselves, you know, how we're doing mentally, physically, spiritually, and then we're going to start like forming goals and targets together. There's one-on-one -on -one calls included where you'll work with me one-on-one -on -one and we'll kind of like identify those mental health spots that you really just want to show some love, whether that's, you know, some PTSD that you're working through or you have day-to-day -day anxiety, stuff like that. And then we will just learn all kinds of coping strategies and fun stuff like that. There's going to be surprise guest. Um, I'm super excited about a couple of them that I just got figured out today. There's going to be EFT tapping, meditation, a bonus yoga class, all kinds of good stuff. And I am overwhelmingly like grateful because in the first 48 hours, I signed up six women for this program. And I was like, holy shit, I've been so scared of launching because I had imposter syndrome that I could even get one woman. And now there's like girls on the wait list and I'm like deciding how many more to add. And I'm like, this is crazy. So you guys, if you are interested in learning more about Revive, head over to the Instagram. It's in the show notes as always. But for today, I want to get into this interview because I'm so excited about it. Today, I am interviewing Sloane Elizabeth. She is a food freedom coach, which I think is the best name I've ever heard. Like just hearing that makes me feel so safe. And I think that was probably the goal of it. And so it's actually funny, Sloane, that you reached out to me because you were on my list of people that I was going to reach out to. Oh. I, yeah, I heard your interview with Maddie on Breaking Butterfly and I was like, she's fantastic. I need to pick her brain. And then sure enough, like an email popped up from you and your team like, Hey, can we come on the show? And I was like, I was literally going to reach out to you. So aligned. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me, Allison. This is amazing. 
Absolutely. I would love to open up some space just for you to kind of introduce yourself to my listeners, tell them a little bit more about what you do, what you love, maybe where you're coming in from today, where in the world you are. Okay, amazing. Well, first of all, congratulations on the Revive program. That sounds so beautiful. And I'm so excited for you and those six ladies and all the rest that are going to be in this cohort and future cohorts. That's so amazing. So I'm in Miami Beach. I'm from Los Angeles. And it's funny because, you know, everyone's starting to post about fall recipes and cozy season. And I'm like sweating my ass off over here, which I love. Like, I'm not complaining. But I am a food freedom coach. I help women eat with love and intuition. So we combine science and spirituality to help women heal from binge eating, dieting, yo-yo between the restrict and binge cycle, obsessively thinking about food, body image, all that jazz. Um, ultimately so that they can feel confident and just like easy and peaceful and normal around food again. So that's what I spend my days doing. Wow. That, that's such important work. And like, I had this whole list that I was going to go down of questions for you, but like something that's immediately coming up for me is that I was literally 12 years old. The first time I tried Weight Watchers, like how Mm -hmm. often do you hear that, that like young women are doing weight loss programs before they even have weight to lose? Yeah, uh, that like, I felt that in my entire body. I actually just posted a TikTok that went like semi-viral. I don't know, it's at like 70,000 views, which feels pretty viral to me. And it's all about your mom or someone bringing you to Weight Watchers as, and I think I said 12 years old. I think in the caption, I said that. And so so we can just see by 70,000 views that that's unfortunately so common but it's so ridiculous and so i just want to like send a burst of love to your inner child that was you know in those meetings and in that environment i even remember when i was a little bit older and i started being concerned about my body and trying to restrict in little ways i was like okay should i buy the benaries or should i buy like those weight watchers ice cream bars like i don't i don't know so yeah it's a really common experience unfortunately and like i always tell people i wish that i had to find a different job like i wish i didn't i wasn't needed in the world right in this space but unfortunately it is so common wow yeah and i mean I was very fortunate because I didn't have like a mother who was telling me to or any kind of influence. It was more of just me genuinely just so focused on the media and what I was seeing on Facebook. I was already on Facebook at the time. And then also seeing my mom do Weight Watchers, I was like, well, you know, if other people can do it and lose weight, maybe that means I can. And there I was in my notebook, like tracking calories and tracking things. And it's actually funny because it's one of the reasons that my first psychiatrist realized I had a form of OCD is I could not stop tracking what I was eating. And it got to this point where it wasn't even so much about the calories anymore. And it was more that need to repeat and to write down and to track and to be in control. Yeah, that makes so much sense because ultimately the things and the behaviors that you're experiencing around food that feel disordered or unhealthy really have nothing to do with food. And deep down, there's something deeper like control, self-worth, perfectionism, and food just happens to be the medium that expresses that 
right behavior similarly to sometimes you're going to break out on your skin it's not about the acne it's about your gut health but it's being expressed in your skin that's where you see the symptom same thing 95 percent of the time with food it's not about the food it's not about the abs it's not about your body that's just how it's being manifested and shown to you have you read the body keeps score i think i ask every guest this no but i've heard of it okay you you should totally read it it's all about like the body's physical after effects of trauma and how long that lingers and how much that affects us and i told this story on an episode like two weeks ago but i'm telling it again i was at this retreat and we popped into this yoga position and the yoga teacher said to me like this could be triggering this could like you know bring up some sexual trauma and i was like what seconds later i'm bawling my eyes out and like it was the most crazy thing to experience and she came over and she was like yeah we women carry sexual trauma in our hips and so many women come in with these these tight hips these unexplained tight hips and then you dive deeper and you see that it's more than just tight hips yeah i actually am a yoga teacher as well and so i teach i know you said you have a bonus yoga class in your program and i do monthly live yoga with my clients as well and one of them i have is like all about the hips and every time someone is feeling stuck in emotional release and like journaling isn't helping talking isn't helping i recommend that they go into that somatic level and do that yoga class and see what the hip opening allows them to access yeah i think it's so crazy how we can use our body to kind of access our mind and then vice versa we can use our mind to access our body somebody said the other day to me that yoga is more of a mental practice than a physical one and i was like yeah a hundred percent i mean it's especially if you have a teacher that's guiding you in the practice like that it is moving meditation it is mindfulness especially if you're doing more of like a practice where you hold the poses less like vinyasa flow more like hatha then it's it's really challenging you you want to fidget you want to move you want to just like go we're so used to going and all you have to do is take a breath and like sink deeper into the posture. It's hard. I get the like twinge to check my phone during yoga. And I'm like, I hate what this universe has done to me. Or I guess I did it to myself. But like, I feel the little hand twitch. And I'm like, oh my God, I literally want to reach out and see if I have a text message. I'm in the middle of this glorious, rejuvenating yoga practice where I'm connected with source. And here I am trying to look at Instagram. Like, what is going on? Yeah, I definitely check my social medias in a compulsive sort of way, but I think my email is where I check more because I don't know, like more important, more celebration, celebratory things like come through my email. So I'm like, okay, won't check before I go to bed just to see if there's anything there for a little dopamine hit, like a little rush. Like that's the ultimate dopamine hit is like you have a new client or like you sold this. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's it. That's way better than TikTok. Listen. Yeah. (laughs) So something that's coming up and I wanted to ask you is I really like to ask coaches this. How did you fall into this specific niche of coaching? What's your kind of history with it? So when I was in college, I joined an MLM, multi-level marketing company, 
and it was focused on selling these like fruit and veggie capsules. It was basically like, you know, greens powders, red powders. It was that, but in capsules. And so I had already started posting recipes on Instagram. And so I joined this MLM. I was actually really good at it. And I did it while I was in college. And our team, our little like bonus, right? Like buy the capsules and we'll be like your accountability wellness coach. Like we weren't claiming to be health coaches. We were saying, we're gonna be your wellness buddy um, because obviously you're taking these capsules, you're buying the, the supplements because you wanna improve your wellness. So that was my first experience coaching and that was when I was a junior in college so I was only 20 and I yeah and I built up my team like with my multi-level marketing company and so I was coaching those women in like the business side of it and I also have always known that I was going to work for myself I just didn't know how there was zero chance I was ever going to have a boss. So then that introduced me to coaching. I really liked coaching. I didn't love doing the MLM anymore. So then as soon as I graduated, I did my yoga teacher training. And then I invested in my first business course, like business coaching course. And then the rest was history. And so why are you passionate about finding freedom with food? Why is that like the message that you want to send out to the world? Yeah. So I was interested in health and wellness, right? Like I started my Instagram page. I will say that when I started the page, I was still in my own disordered eating. So if you, I never deleted any of the pictures because I'll use them for like marketing materials. Like look at my transformation, look at what I used to post. And it was, you know, cauliflower oats and zoodles. And it was like all this stuff. And then I was able to heal my relationship with food. And it wasn't just from the science. It wasn't just from nutrition and biology and physiology. It was really that plus my own spiritual, I kind of don't love the term spiritual awakening. It didn't feel that dramatic to me, I suppose, but I allowed myself to open up to spirituality and my connection there, my intuition. And that's really when my healing clicked. I realized it had nothing to do with the food. It was about the control primarily for me. So when that clicked, of course, my life changed. I was so grateful. And when I was then deciding, okay, how do I want to bring health and wellness like into the world? I took my first nutrition class, like, okay, yes, I want to do nutrition, but how do I want to do it? I actually, my first course I ever tried to launch was a self-love course because I felt like recipes wasn't deep enough. I wanted to really help people. And I knew it wasn't just about the food. Nobody bought the course. It was a good thing. I actually recorded an entire podcast episode about that quote failure and how it ended up being such a success in the long run. And so then I was like sad though about this failed launch. Okay, people don't want the self-love. I was posting the recipes. It was just too big of a switch. And my boyfriend was like, why, why can't you do both? And him just saying that, it clicked in my mind, 
well, duh, that's the entire point of what I'm trying to do. It's both. It's self-love and it's the food and it's the nutrition. Because for me, it's not just about mental health. It's also about physical health and feeling empowered in nutrition knowledge is an important part to me of eating with love and intuition. Um, it's not just about food freedom, actually, and you know, being free to eat whatever you want. It's having that freedom and having the knowledge, and then you go and make the best decisions for you. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the long way that I got here. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it was going to be wellness. I knew it was going to be food, but I also knew it was going to be a lot deeper than just food. Yeah, I love that both and mindset. It's not just one thing, it's lots of things. And I love that you shared about your like program that you had launched that didn't take off because I'm actually going to do a podcast this week about my business, my first business, because it, it happened. It was a thing, but it was very, very brief. Um, I made every mistake possible. Every mistake in the book, I made it. I went so out of pocket. I dropped the ball so many times and then eventually gave it to my business partner. It was just like, take it. You don't even have to pay me. Just take this damn business that I just like <laughs> am not doing well with. And so I think it's so awesome when entrepreneurs are able to say like, hey, look, this did not happen for me on the first time because a lot of girls are like seeing my success with Revive and all the girls signing up and they're like, how are you doing this on your first launch? And I'm like, ladies, this ain't my first launch. Like maybe it's my first coaching launch, but like I started a tourism company. I started a CBD beauty product company. Like I have tried and failed many, many times. And I feel like that has been what's got me here. I had to learn all of the wrong ways to start a business before I could do it the right way and before I could like really understand like you're the accountant, you're the CEO, you're HR, you're fucking everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're like, literally, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also like so lit up and so inspired. I was um, if it's not tired in the best way. It's like these bags under my eyes don't mean a damn thing to me because I'm so fucking happy and fulfilled. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes even now, like I think about, oh, should I just like get a nine to five? And like my business is thriving. Like my, if people looked at my business, they would potentially be like, I'm jealous of her. Like that's the dream. And I still, I'm thinking, oh, but would it just be easier to like be able to log off at five o'clock? But then I would feel like a shell. I would not feel fulfilled. I wouldn't have the drive. So I will say that entrepreneurship is definitely not for everybody. And there's no shame in that. I don't think it's necessarily the best career path ever. But you just have to be honest about what's in alignment for you. Oh, something is coming up so heavy for me right now. I was thinking about this this morning. So as someone who lives with bipolar one, my highs and lows are pretty high and low when I do have them. And when I feel low, like I don't want to get out of bed and go to work. But with this passion, I get out of bed and I've been telling people like literally passion is an antidepressant. Like, yes, I still take my antidepressant, but passion is also an antidepressant. This morning, I did not set an alarm. I woke up at like 7.30, I looked at the clock and I was like, let's fucking go. I have some EFT tapping to create for my girls. I have journals to coordinate with this girl I'm doing a collab with. Like, I'm so ready and so stoked to have this podcast interview, like, let's go. And when I was working a nine to five and I still have like a day job, but when I was really working like 40, 50 hours a week at a day job, like I didn't have that ever. It was just like dreading going in, ready to clock out, watching the hours tick by one hour felt like a million. And then like this morning I went and worked for four hours and I was like, oh, time's up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I honestly, I, I haven't even thought about that because time for me always goes by so fast. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had more time to work. I wish there were more hours in the day for me to, of course, like do other things, but also to work. So actually I always kind of sprinkle this in with clients who need it. When we're learning to eat with love and intuition, you can use pretty much the exact same principle principles to live with love and intuition, to date with love and intuition, to interview with love and intuition, to coach, to whatever, run your business. So it's, it, yes, I agree. It's about the passion and it's more about the passion than the exact structure of how that passion shows up for you. Totally, totally. And like, you're going to work differently based off who you are. Like everybody works so differently. And the human design thing changed my life. I hold on. Let me see what, what I'm are getting. You? I'm getting that you're a manifesting generator. I would think I am also, but I'm actually a projector. Interesting. I'm a generator, but people always try to guess me as a manifesting generator. So I feel like we're similar in that we're like multifaceted. We have lots of like different interests. Yeah, yeah. And the projector thing is hard for me, but it's something I'm actively working on because it's all about resting, not all about resting, but there, there's a lot about resting and trusting that the people that are meant to hear your message will come and just like, don't worry about the people that don't want to hear the message. And the strategy for projectors is to wait for an invitation. And I'm a very go-getter type of person. So I'm like, you want me to wait? What do you mean? Right. <laughs> but it's not necessarily about like waiting idly. It's about the way that I interpret it for me personally is I get to create the magic from within and I'm going to attract the invitations. And when I get an invitation, it's so much easier than for me to get a, a yes. So for example, like, yeah, I reached out to you to ask if I could be on your podcast. I didn't wait for you to invite me, even though, as you said, you were going to invite me. <laughs> but I think I saw you on, I think I saw you on Maddie's page as well. For me, that was an invitation to reach out. That was an intuitive hit. That was a moment of alignment. So that was an invitation for me to reach out. And then it was seamless and here we are. So that's been helpful for me, but I also am actively working on getting more into my feminine energy and relaxing. It's not my strength. I totally get that. And listeners, if you don't know what the human design test is, and especially if you're an entrepreneur, go and take it. I think it's free to get the basic one done. And it yeah. tells you a lot about the way that you work best, the way that you collaborate with people best. And it's just really interesting and fun to know. So check that out. I will actually link that in the show notes. Let me write that down. Otherwise, I will not link that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sloan, I want to ask you, for my listeners who may be wondering, how would you describe what it means to eat intuitively? What does that mean? Yeah. So to me, eating, you know, I'll talk about eating with love and intuition because that's my method. And it means you are making choices with food that are going to be loving for your physical health, your mental health, and your spiritual slash emotional health. And the way that you're choosing what is loving is through your intuition. And to me, intuition is a part of your soul. It's a part of your spirit. Honestly, I've not met yet another intuitive eating or food freedom coach that actually combines spirituality into the coaching, which blows my mind because your intuition is a part of your spirit. 
there's kind of no way around that. And when people say that eating intuitively means listening to your cravings and just listening to your body, like, yes. And could you also listen to your soul perhaps? Like, how would you feel about that? So for me, your intuition is a part of your soul. It's a part of your body too. We've also got the intellectual side with the gentle nutrition and the science. So ultimately that's kind of the framework, right? We're looking for support and alignment with your holistic health, physical, mental, and spiritual. And your intuition is what's really the driving factor, the driving force in making those decisions. Oh, so you're what I call a bridge. I'm also a bridge. Like I'm a bridge that goes from the mental health like scientific community and then the like spiritual community and i feel like you're very similar in that you have like the scientific side and then the more spiritual side and so often those sides have like opposing views and like different yeah. narratives and kind of like these you know assumptions but for you to act as that bridge and show like yes both can be true totally oh my gosh yes that makes a lot of sense and it's so funny because for me i'm like I don't see anything that's, you know, creating tension here. I don't see any dissonance. <laughs> and then wow. my clients be like, well, what about this or that? I'm like, no, but of course they're both true. <laughs> like, wow. duh. Um, but that's just because I'm so in it at this point. You're enlightened now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so another thing I wanted to ask is I spend a lot of time eating on autopilot. Like I'm really guilty of wanting to eat my food in front of a movie because it just like feels nice, but it's not the best habit to get into. And I know that because I'm just inhaling my food. I'm not really like tasting it or experiencing it or enjoying it. So what kind of tips do you have for that? Right. So I have actually a mindful eating 101 course. It's like a baby mini course. That's really good as an introduction to coaching and food freedom and getting your feet wet. And it's all about how to stop going on the autopilot hamster wheel with food and actually bring mindfulness into not only eating, but shopping for your food or acquiring your food, cooking it, and then eating and digesting. Because when you bring intention and mindfulness into your food, as you said, you're going to taste it better. You're going to enjoy it more. It's going to be more fulfilling for your body and for your brain. You're going to digest it better. So awareness is key, first of all, and you're aware, which is great, right? And whenever we're making a, a, a change in your action or behavior, a lot of times people just want to do something different, right? I'm doing this, you know, I'm, I'm eating in front of the TV. I want to do something else. I want to eat at the table, not in front of the TV. So people think, okay, let me just change what I'm doing, change the action. It doesn't work. You're playing at the tip of the iceberg. You're fighting action with action and you're not actually getting to the root of why that autopilot behavior feels good because ultimately it doesn't feel as good as eating mindfully would. So there's a little bit of self-sabotage. So where is that coming from? So with every single thing that I do in every program, we start at the subconscious mind and then we move into the conscious thoughts and behaviors or conscious thoughts and feelings rather that come from the subconscious. And then based on your conscious thoughts and feelings, then you take action. So it's subconscious beliefs, conscious thoughts and feelings, and then behavior. So, okay, first we need to understand subconsciously, right? Like where did you learn that behavior? Is it because eating without the TV feels 
awkward? Does it feel weird to like eat alone, right? Does that come from elementary school where it's like really weird if you're eating alone, like you have no friends, what? Right. Or maybe it's that you always ate with your family. So there was always conversation and that felt really fulfilling. And then when you don't have that, there's something lacking. That's where we start, actually. Oh, and that's so true. And, you know, it's funny because I've been practicing going to restaurants by myself without a book. Um, because that's been something I've been pushing myself to do as a form of self-care and learning, you know, overcoming codependency and learning to really spend time alone. And it is really hard to sit in a restaurant without your phone or without something to do and to just sit and exist. I mean, I've only done it once so far and it was the hardest thing I think I've ever done. Like my hands were just like twitch, twitch, twitch. But I was like, Allison, just be here. You are safe to just be here. Let your mind take two seconds off and enjoy this food you're about to drop a shit ton of money on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, that's such a cool experiment. I'm so proud of you for doing that. And one example that I like to give my clients whenever I'm encouraging them to get comfortable in the discomfort, which is what you were trying to do, is to think about a foam roller, right? When you're using a foam roller or you're getting massage, and you find the point that hurts the most, you're supposed to stop and like really lean into the foam roller because when you apply pressure to that most painful point, then the knot starts to finally relax. So in the moment when you feel the most tension, when you're like, I really want to turn on the TV, go for my phone, whatever it is, that's when you take a fucking breath and you relax your shoulders and you unclench your jaw and you sink even deeper into the moment, it triggers your nervous system to say, okay, we're safe here. And when your body feels safe, it's going to help your brain also feel safe. We want to try to get them on the same team. Sometimes your brain is like, hey, this is cool. This is fine. Like, why are we freaking out? But your body has that anxiety. And sometimes it's the opposite, right? Like your body is so chill. You're like, whatever, breathing easily, this is fine. But your brain is like in that monkey brain, right? So we want to get the nervous system in terms of your physiology on the same team, on the same path as your brain. So taking that breath, thinking about the foam roller, leaning deeper into it, relaxing your body, like using your breath, think about relaxing your toes, your knees, your hips, your belly, your shoulders, your jaw can be really helpful. Can be when, Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I feel like you were the wizard at this stuff. I'm like, because I felt myself start to relax just as you're describing this. I'm starting to like feel my shoulders come back. And I've been more aware lately of just my posture. And our posture really is telling. Like I will sometimes be unaware, but my shoulders are up to my fucking ears. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you're holding so much pressure and tension. You have no idea because you've been checked out and answering emails and on FaceTime. And like, that's why it's so important to take those grounding present moments and so yeah let's take one together you guys let's do big breath in through the nose hold it at the top and blow everything out with a ah. now we are nice and present for rapid fire sloan are you ready for rapid fire i think so yes okay who was your first mentor my first mentor, I suppose, was probably in my MLM like company. It was my upline. Her name is Kristen. Oh, okay, okay. What is a book you love to recommend to people? 
it's a non or it's a fiction book because I always have a novel and it's called the T Rose trilogy. I read it ages ago, but it was one of my favorite series. Amazing. Writing that down because I need more fiction. I read so much nonfiction. I'm like, girl, you need a break. Stop learning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just enjoy yourself. Um, If you had 24 hours to spend and you could spend them anyway, where would you be and what would you be doing? Oh, probably like a mile away from me in the beach. Um, I live like in the most dreamy place. I love where I live. I've manifested moving here twice, actually. (laughs) And there's this little cove where the waves are really chill and calm. And literally every hour, whether it's golden hour, sunset or in the morning, is so gorgeous. So I would probably just like be on the beach and like eat acai bowls. Lovely. Ooh, yum. Now I'm curving one. Um, let's see here. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? What does your spirit animal look like? So ladybugs are my main sign from the universe. So I feel like they're a spirit animal. Some people tell me it's a bug, not an animal, but I'm an insect. <laughs> But it's really a ladybug. Oh, that's beautiful. I think mine is a dolphin, which is funny because I've never even seen them in real life. I've been to like many of the oceans many times. I just have never seen a dolphin, but I'm going on a cruise in three weeks. So I'm feeling confident. This is my chance to see some damn dolphins. We're going to Jamaica and Belize. And so fingers crossed for some dolphins. Oh my God. Wait, where are you leaving from on the cruise? New Orleans. We go New Orleans to Cozumel to like Jamaica, Grand Cayman, Belize, and then Costa Maya and back. So very excited for my 25th birthday. I was like, all my friends, let's hop on this cruise. Let's go country hopping. Like it's so needed. And the price was great. I was like, let's do this. That's fucking epic. I was going to say a lot of cruises leave from Miami, but sad you won't be here. I was going to say, <laughs> but I am frequently trying to find excuses for Miami. So I'll call you up and be like, girl, I'm waiting for you. Brunch time. Let's go. <laughs> Perfect. Is I have a question. Is Miami as expensive as it seems to like be there? Because every time I visit, I'm like, whoo, maybe I'm like eating in the wrong restaurants, but prices are like high, high. Um, well, wait, where are you based right now? Because it's all relative. (laughs) Yeah, right now, I've just moved back from California, but I'm in St. Louis, Missouri right now. So my price of living is like $2. Okay, sick. (laughs) So I'm from LA and I spent a year in New York. So Miami feels like on the lower side to me, considering all three of those places. So, but it also depends. So when I do come, I'll let you know where like the more chill, like casual or semi-casual places are. Amazing. It's so funny being corn fed because like I tell people where I'm from and they're like, what? Like we met you traveling in Europe. You're from like the middle of a cornfield and like, no, I'm I'm not even from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from a small town an hour into Illinois. There's like 3000 people. It's just like farms and cornfields. And so when people meet me, they're like, wow, you're very much city energy. And I'm like, yeah, should have met me in high school. I was actually voted most likely to travel the world as soon as they graduate. And it did come into fruition. That's amazing. And here I am with my passport of stamps now. So that brings me to my last rapid fire, which is if you could live anywhere in the world besides where you're currently at, where would you be? So I have the intention to spend some time in Paris, 
in Hawaii and in Sydney, Australia. And I've been to all those places. I studied abroad in Sydney and all three of those places feel really special to me. So whether it's like one month a few times or six months or four months or a year, um, I don't know, but I know it will definitely happen in all three of those places. Amazing. I know it will. Melbourne's really top of my list. Like when I was younger, I had like a Sydney obsession and then I got older and saw Melbourne and I was like, Ooh, I could really get down there. Yeah, so Melbourne is more like New York, in my opinion, and then Sydney is more like LA and Miami, and I personally don't like living in New York, so yeah. You they're, know what they're else different. reminds me of New York? Naples. I feel like Naples was like a holy hot mess in the best way, and it gave me like mm. New York slash like maybe Chicago, but like crazier, more hectic. Okay, gotcha. I actually haven't been to Naples, but... I haven't haven't been to Sydney, so we're going to have to like swap travel tips and do a little travel. Exactly. (laughs) So Sloan, where can my listeners connect with you? Yes. Okay. So I hang out mostly on Instagram, which is at Sloan Elizabeth. Um, TikTok is Sloan.Elizabeth. Podcast is Sloan Elizabeth Show. Um, And I always have like free resources, also complimentary consultation calls to have a more one-on-one chat and see if I can help you if you need it with your relationship with food. Um, And all of those links are also on my Instagram. Amazing. And I will have some links in these show notes so you guys can connect with Sloan. But thank you so, so much for coming on. This has been such a beautiful conversation and so much value. And honestly, like this is a lot of stuff I needed to hear. So thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. If you guys enjoyed this episode, feel free to give it a share. You can tag Sloan and I on Instagram. Our Instagrams will be in the show notes. Um, If you really love this episode, feel free to leave a rating and review. Those help us grow. And stay tuned because lots of cool stuff is coming soon. A brand new website for my programs, um, one-on-one coaching calls for brand new podcast hosts, lots and lots of fun things coming. So stay tuned on my Instagram at wishyouwell.podcast. And this has been real. This has been fun. This has been intuitive. This has been wishing you wellness.